0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you once again for tuning in to the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. We turned the big 5-0 this week. That's right. 50 episodes, and we're glad to be here. Thank you for tuning in. Keep enjoying them. We're gonna keep making them. Have a really awesome. Set of guests this week. We have Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member Felix Cavalleri of the band The Rascals. We have up-and-coming country artist Angelique Lacero. It's been a pretty uh, calm week for me this week. I hope it was also for you. Uh, Just working a lot and uh, recording this podcast that I adore. Uh, So having a pretty good time. Uh, Very excited to see that the world is slowly but surely opening back up. Get to go into restaurants again. A little bit of live music. Uh, The governor here on the end, as far as Tennessee goes, said that pretty soon we can start gathering in groups of 50 versus just groups of 10. So that's really, really awesome. Hopefully that'll continue to go and the COVID-19 numbers will go down as we practice social distancing and safe practices. Hope everybody on your end is safe, happy, and healthy as we continue on, hopefully getting our uh, world opened back up to get back to the things that we really, really enjoy. Like I said, thank you so much for helping us get to 50 episodes. And without further ado, let's get these interviews going. It's a really exciting week on the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. All right, away we go. Very, very special guest this week on the podcast. Mr. Felix Cavalieri, lead vocalist, Hammond B3 organ playing, member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band, The Rascals. Uh, with smash hits such as Good Lovin', Groovin', People Gotta Be Free, A Beautiful Morning, just to name a few. It's kind enough to be on the podcast, Let Me Pick His Brain, talk about his illustrious music career. That's next on the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Here we go. Felix. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. So let's get started. Uh, first of all, thank you for this new uh, a Beautiful Morning video. That's exactly what the world re- needs right now. And that's Perfect. Labels, yeah, well, thank man. you, man. Yeah, yeah loving it. Uh, what What inspired you to do that? I mean, it was, it was very uh, very well thought out. Well, you know, uh, actually, my, my daughters, they say, hey, man, why don't you do something like
1: that? Man, people would love it. People would love it. And, uh, you know, it's been quite a change for us, obviously, for the rest of the world, too. Because, you know, we, we lost a, a lot of concerts uh, that were supposed to be booked for this time of year. We're kind of looking forward to it. You know, you don't realize how much you miss it till it's gone, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, no kidding. And then, uh, you know, that, that's a great song, and just a, like a revamp of it. I was like, oh, man, that's just perfect because, you know, you never realize how much you miss. Those mornings you described in that song till you don't get too many of them anymore being secluded in a house somewhere.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, it's it's a strange time we're living in right now, that's for sure.
0: It is. I never imagined, uh, you know, in my lifetime, I'm sure you didn't as well, something like this going on. But, you know, we we persevere as best we can. Uh, how are you handling it, speaking of which, kind of being uh, quarantined and all this, you know, being a performer who's just uh, touring and playing in front of thousands? Well, you know, it's it's, it's uh,
1: fortunately I've been busy uh, finishing up a, a CD, you know, I've been doing an album, uh, so I've got uh, you know, I got something to keep me going, but as you say, I'm used to traveling around and and uh, you know, meeting people and greeting people and playing for people and uh, you know, I've been doing this almost all my life, so I kind of miss it already, you know, and uh, but I've been keeping busy. I'm doing all right. I got a, a wife who's a great cook, so I'm in great shape here. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah, you can't beat that. And can't just, beat it. Yeah, I just recently learned I'm a uh, Middle Tennessee native, but you actually call it Nashville home. That that's so cool. Uh, what made you decide to make this your home base?
1: Well, I came down here to write, you know, and uh, I kept running into people down here that I knew in the music business, you know. And I said, uh, you know, what are you guys doing here? She said, well, man, you know, this is the place if you want to write and you want to be around music
0: the rest of your life.
1: This is the place. Now
0: that's yeah. how I got down here. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Everybody who's anybody, it's a melting pot of great talent, writers, singers, performers. They're, they're all in one spot, and that's why I podcast about it. I love uh, talking to my heroes, such as yourself, and, and learning what they got going on.
1: <laughs> Where'd you say you were from originally?
0: I'm from Franklin, Tennessee, is where I was. Oh, born. you are?
1: Oh, so, yeah, that, that's where I first moved, and I can't be sure.
0: Yes, sir. It's uh, it's it's grown like a tumbleweed. I I remember. Oh, man! Really? The only thing we used to do for fun was hang out on the square, if you can believe that. And they don't even let kids do that now.
1: <laughs> no, it's quite a quite a difference. I mean, since I've been, I've I got here in eighty eight, eighty nine, and it's quite a difference from then. So I can imagine, you know, it's just it's a different place now. It's too bad, really, because it was kind of charming, you know. As you That's know.
0: It. It's still, it's still got it in certain places. You just, I guess, you got to know kind of where to hunt it down. But exactly, yeah, it's, it's it's growing. There, you know, there's a lot of people, um, you know, doing this podcast stuff now, which is uh, whoever thought we'd move from radio to podcast interviews. But all the people that are moving in droves that are hungry to be artists and everything. It's there's never an end uh, of people of talent to you know pick their brains and learn what inspires them and everything.
1: But that's how I got here. I got here to songwrite it's part of the business that I still really enjoy tremendously, even though even
0: that has changed, you know, considerably over the years. Uh Yes, sir. Indeed. Well, I will tell you this, and I'm not just saying it because I've got you on here, but, um, you wrote one of my favorite songs ever written, and that was, of course, uh, People Gotta Be Free. Oh, cool. Uh, let me just tell you how much it means to me. I- I'm 37, but, you know, uh-huh. we- when you watch, you know, TV or listen to the news, and unfortunately, there's so much bad. And, you know, just like here recently, like North uh, Korea or even us being overseas, uh, you know, uh, America being over there uh, in Iraq and Iran, I, I always go back. To that song because I think that's all people want they just want to live peacefully and free and just after all these years and generations it still rings so true there's so much heart into that song uh, uh, you know to this day so thank you so much for well I
1: appreciate that man especially at your age group because that was a long time ago and uh, you know I appreciate that it's very nice of
0: Yeah. well I, I adore that song I think uh, it, it, it resonates it's so true it's one of the few songs in this world that you can just Feel absolute heart and soul coming mm-hmm. out of it, and I just—I've uh, always loved it so much. And I, if you don't mind, if you have a little time, I, I'd really like to know—you know—just just for me and, and everybody else, what what was sitting in your mind uh, to write such a brilliant piece of work with that song?
1: Well, the, the interesting thing is that in those days, um, I and and many, many of the people who were, I guess, around then, we were very involved in. Um, well, today they probably call it political, but, you know, we were really trying to change the world. You know, we were trying to, you know, put our our so-called thoughts as, uh, you know, hippies or whatever the heck we were into, uh, you know, kind of changing the way people thought about the world, you know, and about, you know, hatred and racial prejudice and all all the things that, you know, at this point in time we really should have been over with a long time ago. And as a result of that, you know, um, I I was, uh, we were kind of backing Robert Kennedy's campaign to be president. Uh And um, at that time, I was seeing a a lady who was actually present when he was assassinated. She was actually at that hotel out there in California. And uh, it just kind of hit me, you know, really, because, you know, we really thought, you know, hey, we're going to make some big changes here you're going to make some, you know, universal kind of soul changes so that, you know, everybody kind of gets on their right foot here and all of a sudden it was taken from us, like, you know, smash, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just said, I, I've got to say something and do something about that. Uh, otherwise, you know, I just felt like I really wasn't doing my duty. Because, you know, when, when you make music and, 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 you know, you have other reasons for making music besides making money you know um i felt like we had a purpose you know basically to kind of
0: like just make a statement and that's how that came about sure it uh you know it, it resonates through the ages um mm-hmm. you know um for me i i feel like i have an old soul anyway but when i was a kid here in nashville which you were here at the time but uh they had a, a radio station called oldies 96.3 mm-hmm
1: I remember and, that, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, this was back before CDs and everything, and uh, I would fall asleep um, listening to, you know, sure. old and everything, and I just remember, you know, even from that time, you know, the Rascals, you know, that song, you know, uh, Groovin, uh, everything, and it just, it meant so much to me. I've, I've been. Oh, that's family. great, man. I appreciate that. And, yeah. You know, we always looked at the South, you know, basically as a real
1: kind of like hotbed of great music because most of the music that came out of, you know, America came from came from the south, you know, especially the stuff that I listened to growing up. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it was real special for me to get down here, you know, and, uh, of course, Memphis and Nashville and Bacon and, you know, Atlanta and, and of course, Texas, they did their share too. But, uh, you know, I, I just uh, really uh, always have uh, kind of uh, uh,
0: enjoyed,
1: you know, the talent that's come from these areas.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a, it's an amazing uh, whirlwind of of people, and uh, you know, but uh, it uh, you know it's just it's a good it's a good fit for everybody. You know, I, myself personally, I, I I'm with you. You know, I don't see a color or a creed or anything. I see yeah. art and soul, and I see the the passion and the music, and, and that's just uh, that's what really resonated with me because you that's know, that's, yeah, something so simple, and, and you guys, you know, you captured lightning in a bottle. Uh, and it still resonates after all these years, you know, and that, yeah. it just amazes me because, um, you know, our our generation or mine and, and, and ones to come, currently, we don't really have any spokespeople or anybody really writing anything in depth, so uh, I have to stay with, with the records if I want to get anything that'll feed my soul when I want to listen to music. Well, it's a diff- it was a different
1: generation, as I say. Not Nowadays, you know, when somebody does step up and say something... They really, really get chastised. I mean, if you look at those Dixie Chicks, I mean, my God, you know, what they—what <laughs> yeah. they, what they tried to do to them was, was, was horrible. You know, and I'm so glad that they—they they made a comeback. You know, and you know because that's not right. You should have a right to say what you believe, and you know, it's okay if you don't agree with it. That's fine, but don't blackball. You know.
0: That's it. I mean, everybody's entitled their own opinion. That's what's
1: happening. People are afraid to say anything today, you know, because they get
0: so angry at you, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's a different world all the way around. Uh, well, let me uh, let me hop back with you. You were talking about songwriting. Um, and, sure. And I, I just talked to some people who are, are part of uh, Aretha Franklin's biopic Respect. Uh-huh. Aha. And, and I was thumbing through her stuff because I saw on the Songwriters Hall of Fame where you had pinned a song she did. I wasn't aware that it was grooving, um, but what what did you think about her take when she did that song? Cause totally <laughs> well, we, were, the, yeah.
1: we, we were kind of thrilled, you know, because you know, we were on the same label. I mean, I, I can remember when she came into the company, you know, and uh, I, I had been aware of her, you know, be, from her Columbia music, which was a lot different. It was more like ballads and, you know, like standards, but it was also brilliant. So obviously when she did that it was it was it was kind of nice. We really enjoyed that. I I I don't remember. her. No, she was she
0: was quite a lady, I'll tell you. Yeah, she seems like she was very refined. Um did you ever have any dealings well I'm sure you did uh, uh Jerry Wexler? Did you have uh, did you have any memories of him? I know he's a big part of this movie as well.
1: Well, basically yes. He he was the fellow that I uh kind of like um uh had my meetings with because he was kind of running the company pretty much you know and he was the guy we would go to battle he and I because uh, (laughs) we had an interesting relationship because see the rascals we we were in complete control of our production Uh, our contract called for us to be uh, you know self produced even though we had some great help in the studio we were in charge and and, you know you mentioned people got to be free well people got to be free when when they didn't they didn't want us. They didn't want us to put it out, oh, and of really? course, they they thought it, it, we we were we kind of just like we were talking about, you know, shake the shake the, the bushes a little bit too much and get, you know, I don't know why because there's nothing in that song except for free, you know, what's the difference, you know? Yeah. But I mean, the climate at that time was 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 really, you know, it was a little tense, you know. Obviously, we had. You know, we had Martin Luther King, and then we had Robert Kennedy, and there were some riots out there. It was a little rough, you know. And uh, But anyway, so the fellow that I went to war with
0: was Jerry Wexler. <laughs> so yeah. we, we
1: got to know each other real
0: well. I, I can hear you. I, I've heard, you know, both ends of the story uh, of, of, of Jerry, and, and like I said, him in this movie. And it was just interesting to know someone that actually got to know him. But that's a that's a great tale. I appreciate you sharing it. Speaking of production and freedom with music, um, and this is a question, uh, you know, um, reminiscing and and being excited to speak with you. I've been watching, you know, a lot of YouTube footage in the 60s of you guys, Mm -hmm. and I noticed at that time, there wasn't a bass player there. Now, my question was, that hand right. B3 you were playing, did you serve, uh, did you play keys, and did you play the bass parts, kind of like Ray Manzarek did with the doors?
1: Were you? Yes, you do? that's yes. exactly what I did. And and basically what happened is we, we started like that, and we recorded, I think, our first album like that. And then after that, we realized that the, the sound quality, the acoustics were getting better and better on the recording end. And um, Arif Mardin, who was, you know, the the musical guru that we had on staff there, uh, 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 like our George Martin was to the Beatles, he recommended that we try this bass player. And this gentleman was named Chuck Rainey, R-A-I-N-E-Y. It was one of the best things that ever happened to us because, God, he was so good. And he still is, man. He's He's a dear friend and he's legendary now in our music industry. But what a
0: difference he made, you know. Hmm. yeah i understand it yeah a, a good rhythm section but um i i just i i was listening like like today while i was driving at my uh day job uh listening to you know your your catalog and being a mu- well an amateur musician <laughs> I, I i was listening and i was trying to, and i couldn't tell i was like is that a bass or is that him playing it on the keys and i was i was just kind of curious because when i saw you perform i noticed in the early times, uh, didn't see a bass player present in, in right. those particular uh, you know performances. So I was just curious. well, we
1: tried, you know, like I said, because we we never really met anybody that
0: you know we wanted to include in the
1: group. Uh, it just happened that way, and uh, then after and, and and the original concept was was for the group to be formed, you know, around the Hammond organ, which is also you know bass as well as the, you know rhythm as far as lead, and that was the original concept. But we just never met anybody that you know fit the fit the group, you know, and so we never we never really had one, you know, until years later, of course, mm-hmm. and then it was many many years later we we uh, when we went over, when I went over to Columbia, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, I mean, it, it wasn't really missed. Like I said, with all the all the records I heard, it just it just intrigued me as far as your musicianship because not only are you singing. You're playing two different parts, I mean that's like multitasking at it's greatest <laughs> it's like multitasking exactly, yeah. but it was
1: cool because you know in, in the beginning it worked well uh and then as i say as the as the record uh uh start to sound better and better and the sound went up uh to a higher level uh was was good to put a bass on and it may as i say it made a tremendous difference because you know being a uh uh, a, a bass player is is, is a unique uh, talent. I mean, you know, it's not just another instrument. It's a very important instrument.
0: Yeah, yeah. Th- th- yes, they definitely, they all serve their purpose. I just... Uh, That's right. So what I do just, you play? What is your instrument? Uh, I am a drummer. I, I am blessed with a lot of rhythm. Um, there you go, man. Absolutely, and uh, even though we've never performed live together, I have definitely patted my uh and everything playing with you many many times
1: <laughs> well we had a we had a really really good drummer i mean oh, uh, you you did, know, denelli this this fellow here was actually interesting because um he uh he was with a group from the south uh, uh before I met him uh called Ronnie Speaks and the lrods, and I believe they went down to New Orleans uh way before I met him. And he kinda got you know, he he kinda learned all those beats down there because that as you know it used to be, you know, another hotbed of music. You know, in those days that was a pretty cool place with all the stuff coming out of there, you know. So he he had that in his uh in his uh, repertoire so to speak. He was a soulful drummer and he also he also had a very interesting uh, thing uh which you might not understand as a drummer. He was lefty but he never changed his drums or
0: Yeah. So, um, basically,
1: his left hand didn't have to be trained for the snare. It was already his dominant hand, you know?
0: Yeah, so he was, yeah. And and, I, and plus, he played, I, I thought he would play uh, standard grip and traditional. Um, and uh, he Yeah, yeah, he,
1: he went on to uh, kind of, like, the, uh, change that over the years. Uh, as the years went by, he, he, he went more into trying to get volume out of it, which I, I never really liked as much as the standard grip, you know?
0: hmm and and i saw he was slipping a stick too before that was even cool so good. well he came here. up as i say
1: in a different world he came up in in, in a place in new york that uh, uh had the jazz drummers you know mm. and the guys that came in were like i don't know if you remember Louis belson he's an old timer and, and 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 like buddy rich and and, oh, yeah. and gene cooper these guys they they were showmen you know because they were leaders of their bands so in those days, like Phil Collins, you know what I mean? Like it was kinda unique for a drummer to be a leader of a band. So they had yeah. to put on a show besides just being the a drummer, you know. Yeah. And so he learned from those guys, you know. Yeah. It was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, it was pretty common common piece. Yeah, I know you've you've jammed with him. He he's one of right. them that picked that. Yeah, he's amazing. Um yeah. <laughs> I just uh I watched him and I thought, wow, he's really wailing back there but uh what um? Oh, what was my question here? Um, with um, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the whole situation. With uh, what I always found interesting uh, was um, you know, still playing after all this time. Like you definitely have nothing else to prove, and you've been doing it forever. What what makes you still want to do it and go out there and perform? I mean, I know you're adored and and everybody still appreciates it, but what what keeps you hungry for it? Ah, uh, you know it's kind of
1: hard not to do it, you know. And the, the the thing is, seriously, most most of the guys who I know from the old old days, you know, like even Ringo, you know, yeah. I mean, Ringo loves to play in front of people. I mean, he certainly doesn't need a he doesn't need any money. He's very wealthy, but you know, when he's on stage, because I did a a, a a tour with his All Star Band, mm-hmm. you got to tear him off that stage. I mean, he, he loves, and most of the guys I know from the kinks all the way to like, you know, you name it, man, they adore being on stage, you know, you, you know, because you're a musician, there's a, there's a certain, you know, gratification, of course, when people love what you do, it's even better, you know, uh, if you take that away from most of us, it will be really sad, you know, I mean, and, and right now, I feel for the time being, it's it's been taken away, sort of. So it's, it's kind of really, you know, as I said earlier, you don't realize how much you miss it, you know, because, yeah, it's hard getting there. You know, it's a pain traveling and going through all that, you know, TSA stuff and all that. But you know what, man? When you get there, there's nothing like.
0: it. I agree with you. You and
1: know you part. know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't
0: have that feeling,
1: then you have really no business being out there, yeah. you know, that's why.
0: Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I thought you were going to tell me. There's there's so much joy Plus, still, after, you know, all this time and, uh, you know, watching, going, like, through YouTube with um, all the, uh, you know, from the 60s to now, and people still singing the songs note for note every time you go out. that they
2: got to be the greatest thing ever.
0: I mean, I know guys
1: that, man, they just, you know, like, a uh, very dear friend of mine had one hit, you know, and, man, he, he wishes he had more work, man, because he, he just, I love you know, they just—they yeah. absolutely love it, and—and and there's no doubt about it. I mean, once once it gets into you
0: there, that's the end of that, you know. I appreciate your time. I got one more question for you, and then uh, I'll let you get to it. But it, you know, it's been a thrill just to be in your presence. Thank you well, so thank much. Thank you, man. Yeah, I've uh, I've adored you for years. Hopefully, one day when the world reopens, maybe I'll bump into you, shake your hand, and get a picture. Um.
1: Well, if Did you're still you, down here, there's no reason why we can't. Absolutely. I
0: agree. Uh, definitely take you to dinner or something just to just to hang out. But, um, you know, Joey D and the, and the Starlighters, which is, I, I knew, you know, the Peppermint Twist, and I looked up on Wikipedia, you were a part of that. Um, my, my question is a two-parter. Uh, the first one is, um, you know, playing with African-Americans and, 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 and white people in the same group uh, when segregation and everything right. was at its peak, um, could you just tell me a little bit of that experience you you know that you were involved in, and were you in the band when Joe Pesci was in the group? Did not know oh, he yeah. was part of it.
1: No, I was in the band after Joe, and he also had Jimmy Hendrix in his band for a brief time too. No
0: joke. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. J-
1: Jimmy was a guy who used to play around New York all the time. You know, he used to back up like uh, uh, the Isleys. You, you know, know what I mean? And yep. and 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 you know, he, but he was a whole different cat from the one who came out as Jimi Hendrix, experience. He was very shy. You know, yeah, he's the kind that. of guy that he was—he would, would kind of sit in the back until it was his turn to play solo, and then he'd be humped over, man. But then when he became Jimi Hendrix, that was all done, and then he shone like a star, man. He was one of the sweetest guys you ever want to meet in your life. What a How doll. Cool. A great guy, man. Yeah, but, I- you know, but I started a band and I started a singing group in, in high school, which was interracial, uh-huh. you know, and, and, I, and I didn't realize seriously until I went with Joey D what a big deal that was because when I went with Joey, we went down south.
2: Sure.
1: And man, that was an experience in those days, let me tell you, you know, because, uh, you know, I mean, I saw, you know, firsthand, you know, they won't put gas in your car and you got to stay in different hotels uh it was kind of uh, shocking to me because you know musically you know like i said earlier i mean the music that i listened to came from right here you know and it uh-huh. came from down here because it was uh it was pretty soulful you know i mean even the country stuff with in in its own soul you know and I, I don't know i guess in those days even though they didn't kind of integrate or say, they they certainly listened to each other's music but the music was all over the place, you
0: know. Absolutely, and and like you said, uh, listening to music from here and even uh, the the groups were in Motown, like the Temptations. All their families were from the South, but moved up there. That's forward. right. Yeah. You got that right. See, so you know, it, 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 it not that I was naive to it, but I certainly had
1: never seen anything like that up north, you know. And so it was a uh, it
0: was quite a quite an education. Sure. Um, one thing uh, with me, I was. Fortunate enough that um, you know, growing up, we didn't experience that because we just—that's not anything we thought of. You know, playing football, playing music, you know, black oh, guys, well, cool. guy, yeah. whatever, yeah. Um, but um, you know, having you know, just a different time. Like there's a there's a record uh, a record stamping place in Nashville off, off Fort Negley, uh, where um, you know black acts would have to go and sleep after they performed down south because they. Uh. Yeah, and I mean, just just think about stuff like that. They slept in the place where they, they printed the records, Um, you know. Oh, really, Damn! Wow, yeah. yeah. I was trying to remember the name of that record place. It's, have you ever eaten at Gabby Burger in Nashville?
1: No, but I heard of that. And, and also, there was a big place, I think it was on uh, Charlotte or something like that, where and there was a lot of great music on those days, you know. But I didn't know about that hotel. You know, there's a guy down here. Uh, are you familiar with Joe Chambers at all?
0: Absolutely, I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, Joe, you know, he's got that Hall of Fame thing going, you know. Dan, I'll tell you something, he knows, I bet he knows every single one of those stories you talk about. He knows more about this town's music. You know, you sit down and pick, you want to have an interview, you call that guy up. Man, oh man, he was, you know, just a long story short, I mean, he knows more about this town's music and, and those
0: little stories like you're talking about. He's a
1: really interesting cat,
0: man. Yeah, I've seen him on our local PBS interviewing people, you know, Musicians Hall of Fame, and you're absolutely right. He'll, just when you think he's talking about something you're familiar with, he'll say something like, oh, man, that's got to be like a final round trivia question because he'll just start talking about, you know, things like you are or, or things like that. Uh,
1: well, that's what I told him. I said, man, you got to write a book. I said, you know everything <laughs> about this town. I said, seriously, because he was interviewing me, you know, uh-huh. yeah. and then he would, get get on a tangent and he start talking about these things i didn't i don't know yeah james brown used to record down here at so-and-so studio and he knows all this stuff man <laughs> it was That's really awesome. interesting he's a good guy too man you know anybody that that put together a museum like that, you,
0: you, got, you gotta they gotta take your hat off you know yeah yeah I mean, it's just a true love and appreciation for absolutely for music and The Uncharted podcast was glad to have this week, Angelique Lucero. She is a Native American singer, songwriter, touring artist. She is recognized by South Valley Magazine as the Sidewalk Serenade. She just recently moved to Nashville, Tennessee. We catch up with her next. Enjoy. I was just saying that um, I really, what, what got me intrigued to talk to you and learn about you was the funny video you made where you like, captured like every lady that's in nashville i was wondering is that your brainchild, or how did that come to be
2: um i actually just had help from a friend making that and he needed help like with the characters and i was just a model but
0: yeah.
2: um but yeah. yeah you know i just moved here <laughs> i i was not one to target anyone i just kind of went with the flow
0: well, no, yeah, it was funny, and, and I saw that. That's my next question. like, you haven't been here very long, but yet you captured, like, I'm a native uh, Middle Tennessean, and you captured everybody that lives in Nashville, like, in that one little video, so I was just totally impressed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did my best. That's what yeah. I
0: had. Well, you did a good job. So welcome to Nashville.
2: Um, you know, I
0: saw you did music. Um, I really like your positivity and, like, uh, your quotes and everything you put on your websites and all that. Uh, Is that specifically why you moved here? You're from California, right?
2: Yeah, I do shows out in California, and uh, I wanted to step out of my small pond and into a bigger pond with all my friends and just enjoy life out here.
0: You like it so far?
2: I do. I like being around the people, and I mean, I know we're supposed to be quarantined, but I I still kind of do jam sessions and writing sessions. Um, Sure. Yeah, but... Yeah, I enjoy being surrounded by people who inspire me.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, you almost, I mean, you got to especially being in music in this industry, like, I mean, like, I can podcast on the phone and everything, but, like, songwriters, there's only so much you can get out of, like, a Zoom call or something like that. Sometimes you just have to be together, just coordinate and discussing it. Yeah. Um Okay, let me ask you this. We're, let's tie this into that. Are you doing, like, live concerts on social media like I see a lot of these artists doing? Like, are you performing, like, Facebook Lives or Instagrams or anything of that nature?
2: At the start of quarantine, I was doing one, like, every other day and mostly on Friday. But I kind of slowed it down. Um, I think I'll do one this Friday. But I've been working a lot and just making some money.
0: <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Are you working downtown? No,
2: I'm working at Amazon.
0: Oh boy! Wow, yeah. the juggernaut, the, the big one. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I saw, I saw, like you do. Uh, you know, you do. You're involved in cheerleading. Uh, are you going to eventually uh, become a Titans cheerleader or Predators? Oh. Predators have cheerleaders too.
2: <laughs> I was a cheerleader for eleven years, and my niece um, wanted to start cheering, so I, I wanted to coach her and have that experience with her. So before I left California, I I did the whole cheer coach thing, and it was a lot of fun. But that is probably past me. Um, That's
0: done. No more of that. Yeah, that's cool. I I just know it's available here. So are you attending Belmont, or have you graduated already, or is that where you're going to school? Uh,
2: So I graduated um, from San Jose State in California, but I'm going to take a class at Belmont in the fall um, Mm -hmm. just for, like, music needs i wanted to improve musically so I, I had a scholarship and i figured why not
0: yeah hey it not hurt belmont's the place to do it um so and i saw uh you know native american heritage and that's awesome i don't think we have a native american country superstar right now we used to have shania twain but other than that i really don't know so uh, do you think you're going to corner the market are you going to be
2: the new empowerment I didn't even think about that, but, um, yeah, my tribe is from Santa Barbara in California, and I'm 52% Native American, so it, it is something that that I, I'm proud of, because I, I got to, like, hang out with my grandma before she died and learn a little bit about our history, and even now, I still do the whole tribal meetings, but, um, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, the whole yeah. Yeah, awesome. 'cause
0: I I saw that see my great grandmother was full blooded Cherokee. Wow. And now that it's I don't know, I'm like a percent of half, I don't know what I got going on. I, I get hand mm-hmm. in the summer, that's about it. <laughs> but oh, um, well, I just like... um, I just yeah, I just I thought it was cool to see that because like uh, Shania Twain and then in the nineties they had a Native American named Ricky Lynn Gregg. But other than that, I think you would be the next one. Are, are you are you trying to do country or are you going to do, like, country and Christian contemporary? Or what, what genre are you going to pursue while you're in Nashville?
2: Um, I was doing, like, a little bit of country pop, like sounding like Maren Morris or um, Chris Stapleton mixed together. Yeah. Those are my people. Yes, yeah.
0: that's cool. Have you met either of them yet?
2: No, I have not, <laughs> unfortunately.
0: not. Uh, uh Chris is super, super nice. He's kind of kind of a lot shyer than you think you'd be considering how good of a singer he is. But I haven't met uh, Miss Morris, but maybe one day.
2: Yeah. Well, that is too cool.
0: All right. That's all I wanted to say was that I thought you did a really funny video, and I and, uh, think you're a great singer. And is there anything else you want to add before I get you off here? How do people get connected with you?
2: Um, you can follow me on social media. My website is com. Um, My Instagram is Angela Glacero Music. And, yeah.
0: And that wraps up episode 50 of the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Special thanks to guests Felix Cavalieri and Angelique Lacerro for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you, the listeners. Thank you. Without you, there wouldn't be 50 episodes. There'd be no point in making them. Uh, if you keep enjoying them, we're going to keep doing them. If you know anybody you think would be an awesome guest, have them hit us up at joshbelcher at hotmail.com. And as this world slowly gets back into formation, hope you're safe happy, and healthy. And remember, as always, I love you for you and where you're at in life. Have a safe week. We'll catch you again next week with a really awesome, entertaining, fun episode of the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. All right, catch you next time.